Welcome to another special episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Recently, we spoke of how to handle the condition or operating state of affluence, which is a steep increase in production or income, which generally scares the devil out of you because it is, per Mr. Hubbard, the touchiest condition there is. Suddenly all this money comes in or jobs come in or new customers come in and while it's a lot of fun to handle the randomity and inflow, for most of us there is always the nagging thought, how am I supposed to keep this going? But mastering this, mastering the affluence condition and sustaining the new high level of production is the key to arriving at the next condition up, which is power. And man, that condition is worth striving for. There's lots of freedoms when you are in that condition, though you can't get complacent about that condition either, but that for another day. Affluence mishandled results in what is referred to as a broken affluence. And I would be willing to bet there are a few listeners today that have not experienced one. And while it is a painful lesson, there is still a lot to be learned and accomplished by studying a broken affluence that can be used to revert production and find yourself back in affluence condition once more. The key lies in doing a very thorough affluence analysis. This is based on the article we referred to in our last couple of podcasts ago from Mr. Hubbard, dated 27 August 1982, entitled Vital Data, Power and Affluence Conditions. You cannot study this reference too thoroughly or too often. It is the key to arriving at power. But the same steps you would use to handle a current affluence that you are experiencing right now, can still be done to revert a broken affluence because of this law from Mr. Hubbard, which I will give you now and we will come back to towards the end of the podcast. And that law, in all capital letters, is as follows. The cause of the affluence is still capable of causing it, exclamation mark. With that, let's start by clearing some terms. Now, the first term we're going to clear is strategic plan. This from an article dated 22 August 1982 from Mr. Hubbard. A statement of the intended plans for accomplishing a broad objective. The term strategy is derived from the Greek words strategos, which means general, stratos, which means army, again, meaning to lead. Strategy, therefore, by dictionary definition, refers to a plan for the overall conduct of a war or sector of it. By extrapolation, it has also come to mean a plan for the skillful overall conduct of a large field of operations or a sector of such operations toward the achievement of a specific goal or result. This is planning that is done at upper echelon level, as if it is to be effective. It must be done from an overview of the broad existing situation. Inherent in its definition is the idea of clever use of resources or maneuvers for outwitting the enemy or overcoming existing obstacles to win the objective. It is the central strategy 
worked out at the top, which, like an umbrella, covers the activities of the echelons below it. That's the definition from Mr. Hubbard. And um, while I would say there are a few members without some sort of a plan, very few members really write a strategic plan, and that is a major omission. Some members don't even have clearly defined goals. And if you don't have a goal, you're not going to have a strategic plan. But the strategic plan is your planning on how you're going to achieve a goal, overall planning. And it's quite general. Now, let's look at the next term, which is program. From Mr. Hubbard, 16 January 69, a series of steps in sequence to carry out a plan. The sequence of major actions or broad steps needed to get a plan executed. So now you have a breakdown here. So you have the strategic plan. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. These are the broad strokes. This is how we're going to use our resources cleverly. This is how we're going to overcome these barriers. And to execute that plan, you need to break it down further to a program. If very few members write plans, even fewer write programs. And this, again, if you don't write plans and programs, you can't really say you're using the Hubbard management system because they're vital and integral to the whole way we operate using LRH's administrative technology. Next is the definition of the word target. A target is, per Mr. Hubbard, an individual step of a project or program which is assigned to someone to do or to get done. Targets must be terminable, doable, finishable, completable. Okay, so now we have a breakdown even further. You have your planning, you have your programming, and then the program is broken down into targets. There's another term here, a project, which is a, you could say it's a sub-program, but we're not going to get into that. We're talking about targets right now, which are the things that you can do or you must do to execute the program. And Caution, we're not going to do a whole thing on this right now, but caution, make sure the targets as written can actually be done. They are doable and finishable per the definition. Okay, so then the final term we're going to clear up is the term battle plan. A battle plan, per Mr. Hubbard, a list of targets for the coming day or week which forward the strategic planning and handle the immediate actions and outnesses which impede it. The term battle plan originated because such lists of targets were made to be executed in a short unit of time, like a battle, as opposed to strategic planning, which covers a series of events which will take place over a long period of time, like a war. A battle plan, therefore, means turning strategic planning into exact, doable targets, which are then executed in terms of motion and action for the immediate period being worked on. It is the doable targets in written form which accomplish a desirable part of an overall strategic plan. So when you're executing your strategic plan towards your known goal, you're going to break it down into a program, which will be broken down into targets, which will be incorporated into battle plans, which then executed get the program and the plan and the goal ultimately accomplished. So if you've had any kind of mix-up on those terms, this, um, this should be fairly helpful. Okay, so now we're going to go back to 
The article of 27 August 1982 by Mr. Hubbard, Vital Data, Power, and Affluence Conditions. We left off in handling affluence with step four, which I remind you is discover what caused a condition of affluence and strengthen it. So we're going to take step four and we're going to break it down. And you want to break this down with as much precision as possible. Uh, this is a very, very vital part of getting affluence done. So he says, now let's look at number four of the affluence formula. Let's look now at trends. What started this affluence? Now, when we're talking about trends, we're talking about statistical trends. You need to, of course, graph your statistics and see, are they trending or tending to go up, down, level? You want to look at those trends. And he says, we find the date coincidence of the affluence was program A and program B. So date coincidence means happening at the same time. So if you see, or maybe earlier, you might see a date coincidence where we started doing this program and two or three weeks later, we started our affluence. So we call it program A or program B. Now, you may not have a program, but you have a program. And this is what I want you to think with when you're doing this analysis. If you haven't written a formal program, there it's likely that there have been steps being executed and uh, maybe not even written down, maybe written down in a series of orders or directions to employees. Your job at this point particularly if you're restructuring a broken affluence, you want to look at what happened before the affluence. Let's say you have a broken affluence from six months ago. You need to start digging around in that period before that affluence started, what was program A or program B? And reconstruct that if you haven't gotten a written program by looking at what kind of direction was being given by whomever, yourself or whomever, at that time that preceded that affluence. What was the date coincidence? So he goes on to say this. Good. For number four of the formula, we must strengthen these. All right, how? By looking over the rest of the stats and finding which are not in affluence, of course. And this is kind of where we left off last podcast on this. Then he goes into this. He says, list out the various stats in the state they're in, the non-affluence, the broken affluence, the normal, the crash stats. So where did the affluence come from? So he says it's Division X, Division X Secretary and some others. Look over these stats. Some are, some aren't in affluence. Now take a look at the programs that started the affluence. Okay, so you're investigating who caused this affluence. Where is it coming from? What section of the organization, what division is it coming from? And who's responsible? And what were their targets? What were they executing? He says, go over the targets on these programs thoroughly. Now, you want at this point, if you haven't pulled out your notebook computer, you, you need to. And you write down each of these targets. Go over the targets on these programs thoroughly. Because if you don't have a written program, you're going to have to reconstruct it. Ensure the reports on the completed targets are correct. That's LRH. That's Mr. Hubbard. Ensure the reports on the completed targets are correct. You want to be sure and what was said was done, was done. False reports and half-dones can cause attention to drift off those targets as they're then assumed to be in when they're not. So when you're doing this analysis, particularly when you're analyzing a current affluence, you really want to make sure 
that what was said was done was actually done because what caused that affluence are physical universe realities, not people's reports about what happened. So you have to be very thorough and um, a little swinish maybe to really look into every single point. You're messing around with the touchiest condition there is, so you can't really be too thorough. Goes on to say this, isolate the program actions, the targets done, that caused or contributed to the affluence as you're going to strengthen them. You might find that the monitoring reasons for the affluence are majorly not done, incomplete, or not marked to be maintained. You mark um, quite often, uh, an executive will give uh, an employee or one of the junior executives a target to be done. They'll do it, but then they don't maintain it. So you're looking for things that were not done actually at all, or maybe they were partly done, or they were done, but they were not actually, quote, marked to be maintained. They need to be kept in. This is a common failing, and this is why it's so important to write your targets down and write your programs, because otherwise you may not be able to monitor that the targets are being kept in. That fact itself signals some of the actions to be taken to strengthen the affluence. That's sure true. Because if you've got a program that's working and you've got incomplete targets or targets that are being dropped out, now you know how to strengthen your affluence. Or, as we mentioned, revert your broken affluence if you're doing this on a broken affluence. So he goes on to say, Mr. Harper goes on to say, targets fully and honestly done once may have now dropped out and the successful actions are not being continued. You can be sure that if all of these points aren't carried through, you'll lose your affluence. Review the downstat areas. Find out what they were or weren't doing and what they should have been doing that would have contributed to the affluence. So now your next step is, now that you've analyzed this and you've seen your program and you know what you should have done and is incomplete and so forth, you've written all this down, look into the downstat areas, areas that are not an affluence. What were they supposed to be doing? Because if you can get them now doing that, you're going to contribute to this affluence. You're going to be able to sustain this affluence. He goes on to say, here is target E, not done. And so you took a horrible beating. Aha, a departure from these programs caused disaster. And somebody else went off the strategy and current planning against which the programs were written. Oh, you got somebody who's got some bright new idea, and now he's getting everybody all excited about that, and you're dropping out your program that was causing the affluence. That's common because we all love to come up with new, better ideas drop out the successful old ones. It seems to be a chronic thing. I think I just, yeah, I just had an idea. Okay, so he goes on to say this. So will failure to follow these programs further break your affluence? You said it. So he says your analysis then we conclude with, one, to come off the cause of the affluence will bring utter chaos and disaster. Two, the cause of the affluence was program A and program B. Three, the whole handling of programs A and B must be reinforced. That gives you your battle plan, L. Ron Hubbard. Wow. We have a battle plan, target by target. What do you need to do to strengthen, to continue the successful actions and to strengthen them by handling the undone targets or the falsely reported targets or the targets that have been dropping out and handling the areas that are of lower production or statistics and getting them to do the targets that would have contributed to that affluence. That's how you strengthen it with precision. You must do this analysis on a current affluence, but you can also do 
this analysis on an earlier affluence that has been broken. So he goes on to say, so you go over the programs, target by target, exhume, which means bring out from being buried, every project written for those targets, program out which actions need to be repeated, taken to full duns, maintained, whatever is called for, reinforce them, program out the production actions to be taken in addition to correct condition assignments in the downstat areas. So now you're going to write out battle plans for the downstat areas. This is what you need to do now to strengthen our affluence, to reinforce uh, our program. Let's say you have a, a huge influx of new patients coming from a marketing or promotional program. Your affluence area is, of course, your marketing area, but you notice that your closing percentage is very poor. Your salespeople are letting the side down. They need to now be corrected. They need a battle plan that's going to get them doing the correct condition formula. And uh, you need to apply the correct condition formula. This should involve, obviously, training, drilling, correcting, sorting out your salespeople. You have an influx of new customers coming from a program. And here's a weak area now in another department, in the sales department. You handle that sales area. Boom, you're going into another affluence because now not only is your marketing area doing its job, so are your salespeople. Or, uh, you know, you find that uh, by a survey that some of the um, public that have been coming in haven't been sticking with you and you start surveying them. This is a downstead area. You know, wh what's happening to our retention of customers? Or they're not referring. There's little indicators there that this is a weak area. So now we survey them <clears throat> and we discover that you know, some of the staff have been rude or uh, abrupt or not granting importance to the public. Okay, so how do we strengthen that? Let's do a program, a little battle plan on upgrading uh, individuals' manners in the company and their ability to communicate in an appropriate manner to the public. So Mr. Hubbard now goes on to say, all of this makes up your battle plan. Now you go hell-bent for leather and get that BP, which is short for battle plan, done. And note, this again, Mr. Hubbard, and note, if the following week a new stat analysis is done, this is called a statistical analysis, in case you're wondering what that is, we just did one. If the following week a new stat analysis is done, you don't then cancel everything, change course, and go careening off on a tangent in another direction on some new program. Okay, this is very important. You do this thoroughly, you do this correctly, you create your battle plan, and you get that battle plan done. You don't, you know, go off into another direction next week. He says that violates management by trend and results in incomplete programs. Whatever else needs doing, you better also relog any undone battle plan targets and stay on the proven successful programs until they are complete and being maintained. This more than maybe perhaps more than any other reason, you need to write your programs. There's other reasons, but one darn good reason is so they can be maintained. You know, an individual without a memory, you would say is rather psychotic. He says good morning to you 20 times in the morning because he doesn't remember saying good morning to you. You'd say that's pretty crazy. He's pretty crazy. Well, an organization that has no memory is just as crazy. You're crazy because you keep going off in different directions and dropping the successful actions. Okay.
Finally, this beautiful paragraph from Mr. Hubbard, an org, which is short for organization, remember, an org or a unit or an individual can make the mistake of thinking it has exhausted its immediate resources for creating another affluence. But with this kind of scrutiny and analysis of the scene, you'll find you do have the means to do it. True, it may take some beef up or reorganization in certain areas, but it doesn't require going into a total organize. Very important. Don't, don't, because I'm telling you, because we're, we're going over this with you and telling you to do these careful analyses and write these programs and write these plans and write these battle plans and nail down these targets and review every area does not mean you're not going to continue to push production. So don't go into a total organize. Says, but it doesn't require going into a total organized. Any reorganization done would be done to strengthen the targets or actions which brought about the affluence. And then, in all capital letters, the cause of the affluence is still capable of causing it. Exclamation mark. Elwin Hubbard. Okay, so we went over this kind of fast, but um, you're welcome to play the podcast over, take careful notes. But the most important thing you can do is to grab a copy of this article, Vital Data, Power and Affluence Conditions. It's certainly in the green volumes if you have them, if you have the Hubbard College reference set. I believe it's in there as well. But there are a few references more important to achieving power because it teaches you exactly how to handle affluence, how to recognize affluence, how to recognize power, the difference between the two of them. and. and what to do when you're in each condition. By the way, if you don't have a library of materials from Mr. Hubbard, you're probably going to have difficulty being successful in implementing the Hubbard Management System. You should have either the Hubbard College of Administration reference set, which you can purchase from WISE East US, from my office, you can send an email to us at info at wiseeastus.org. Um, it's hard to implement something you don't have the know-how of. I'm sure the podcasts are helping, but I would also want you to study these things carefully. And uh, also the organization executive course by Mr. Hubbard, what I refer to as a green volumes, um, which I have a set pretty broken up because I use it often. Um, And then there's something called the Management Series, also by Mr. Hubbard. Altogether, it's the largest single work on the subject of administration or management by any single author. And when you consider that this wasn't Mr. Hubbard's main line of research, it's pretty mind-blowing. It's 12 encyclopedic volumes altogether. So uh, I would get both sets would not be uh, a waste of time. The green volumes are the original source materials from Mr. Hubbard, and then the Hubbard College reference set is a secular, non-religious text uh, derived from those, what we colloquially call the green volumes. All right, any questions, uh, please do write us at info at wiseeastus.org. We've been getting a lot of correspondence and it's a lot of work getting through it, but we love it. So if we have twice as much correspondence tomorrow, we don't care because we love hearing from you. And we've gotten some really terrific wins 
from some of you writing in saying what benefit you're getting from the podcast. And please do keep sending those because that really keeps us going more than anything else. But any questions, uh, originations, ideas, please write us. We love hearing from you. Info at wiseeastus.org. Okay, that's it for now. And um, that's it for our special episode. And the regular episode will be coming out as per usual on Monday. There's a lot of things I want to go over with you and I have to figure out which one we're going to go over first, but talk to you again soon.